2: It's been another busy news week, and we like to review the major stories of the week here on the Black Information Network. Today, we are joined by Black Information Network news anchors Vanessa Tyler and Mike Stevens to discuss this week's major stories. This is the Black Information Network Daily Podcast, and I am your host, Ramses Ja. So, welcome back to the show, guys. How you doing?
0: Good, good. It's hey, good to be with you again, Ramses.
2: Oh, For yes, sure. indeed. And we got a lot to talk about. So, let's get started. Sad news, uh, Jalen Walker, he was uh, laid to rest. Uh, and the mayor of Akron, Ohio, said the city is honored to hold a day of mourning for him and his family. Vanessa, let's start with you. Let's hear a bit more about this story.
0: Oh, what a tragic story. Um, one that we've heard before. Uh, after supposedly a minor traffic stop, uh, Jalen Walker allegedly um, pointed a gun at cops, they say, and fired. Um, At the end of the stop, he got out of the car and ran. Mm -hmm. Um, And then police unleashed an estimated, I don't know, they're saying close to 100 shots into his body. And that the firing of police power continued even after witnesses say Jalen Walker, who uh, was 25, was on the ground. Um, When he died, he had about 60 wounds in his body. So this is, of course, uh, a case that has the community outraged uh, there in Akron, Ohio, and around the country and around the world. Um, How could this happen? How could a human being be shot that many times? One of the uh, news conferences, uh, the police chief had indicated that when a shot is fired at a cop, it changes everything. But again, when he was, found dead. He was unarmed. Mm -hmm. Um, So this is another case where the federal government is being called and ironically something else is happening. The United Nations contacted the family of Jalen Walker and asked to come in to investigate. They apparently have a unit that they're using now to investigate cases that involve police shootings um, and it was a, a unit that was started, ironically, after the murder of George Floyd. So this case is not over. The community is still outraged and uh, protests continue.
3: You, you know, what stood out to me with that uh, story, aside from being shot 61 times, What's that? this guy, um, the, the, the Highland Park, Illinois mass shooter, right? He was accused of killing several people when he was arrested they said the cops asked him would he mind getting on the ground so they could handcuff him he literally killed all these people whereas Jalen, it was a traffic stop and they shot him 61 times and they put handcuffs on him but this white guy this mass shooter in illinois literally killed several people mass shooting and the cops had the nerve to ask him if he wouldn't mind getting on the ground so they could handcuff him. I mean, that is to me just ridiculous.
0: In fact, Mike, as you know, we've, we've done many stories. um, And and recently we did a piece exact on that. Not only was it that shooter from uh, Illinois, but the shooter, uh, the racist shooter uh, alleged shooter in Buffalo, New York. And of course, who can ever forget Dylan Roof who shot up the people Um, in that church, uh, Mother Emanuel in in South Carolina. So we have instance after instance where white suspects who are accused of horrendous crimes are given uh, courtesy by police where black suspects of minor traffic stops are literally executed on the streets.
2: Mm. You know, um, I feel like it takes a certain kind of person to handcuff a corpse, but, um, this is what we have to deal with. Um, and, you know, keeping in that same line of, of news, there's another story about two white kids who were actually aiming guns at cops and they weren't shot. It causes us to recall Tamir Rice. So Mike, you heard about this story, right? Yeah. So Tamir was the black 12 year old in Cleveland,
3: Ohio, mm-hmm. back in 20. 15 or 14, who was sitting, I believe, on a bench. Somebody called the police, said there was somebody with a gun. The cops pulled up, and almost immediately, they jumped out of their car, and one of the officers shot Tamir and killed him. There was, there was no questioning. There was no, you know, put down the gun. It was, they just shot him right away. So in this most recent kids, there were two white boys. They were both 12 years old, same age as Tamir Rice, and a deputy was driving down the street. She saw them shooting a gun. In other words, it was a real gun. They weren't just aiming it, although they did aim it at the officer, she says. They fired the gun and she went over to, to deal with them. And let me play a clip of you, for you. Let me play a clip for you of what uh, she said when she uh, got to them.
0: Put your hands up. Stop running. Or- How old are you? We are, we are both close keep your hands
3: where i can see them you- so she did the right thing by um you know uh, arresting the boys by confronting them but she didn't shoot them they were able to walk away you know their their charges they'll deal with it in court tamir though did not get that chance and whether it's a fear factor of police when they see a black in this case a 12 year old with a gun and it raises their blood level or adrenaline, whatever it is. But it just didn't seem fair that they would get that kind of a break. And Tamir didn't. And it's not that we're saying we, we wanted the officers to shoot the, the, the two kids. That wouldn't be right either. But, I mean, give the same kind of courtesy.
0: There's no benefit of the doubt. And that's the, the thing when the Tamir Rice case, um, I believe, reports where the officer barely stopped his car when he began shooting at him. Um, so, it, it, it wasn't even a time to say, hey, put your hands up. There were, there, there were like milliseconds before he began to fire. So, and that's always the case. Uh, there's no benefit of the doubt and very little courtesy at all.
2: You know, something that uh, I, I'm not sure that we've mentioned, um, but Tamir was in possession of a toy. Yes. Um, it was a toy and he was playing outside with a toy as children do
0: and the um, 911 right. operator indicated that it may be a toy right. so the police should have known that it might be a toy it might not be right
2: and and then obviously um, as you mentioned Mike uh, these these two white children were shooting a real gun and so back to um, you know the way that police interact with folks we we mentioned Jalen Walker and of course this more recent example we We know full well that there are um, different approaches when folks are melanated and not always, but they're overwhelmingly suggest the tendency to engage with more force, more brutality, oftentimes more shooting and more death when uh, a person is melanated. So it's good to see that the UN is stepping in and that they've organized um, an effort in response to a the George Floyd murder and so forth. And, you know, this is a a long road that we've been walking, but I always like to stay a bit optimistic and it it feels like we're bringing more and more attention to this and there are more and more outcries and more people having to deal with the reality, which is, you know, some people are treated differently um, at all points in society. And one of the more visible points is obviously interactions with the criminal justice system.
1: With BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com B-I-N today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot B-I-N.
4: Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year
1: Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com.
2: Black Information Network news anchors Vanessa Tyler and Mike Stevens are here with us discussing this week's major stories. All right. Investigators are looking into a 67-year-old unserved warrant connected to Emmett Till's lynching. Uh, Vanessa, more thoughts on this.
0: Isn't this something, if you ever needed a historical perspective, Mm -hmm. um, an arrest warrant that no one ever located was miraculously discovered in the basement of a courthouse in Mississippi.
2: Crazy, right?
0: This arrest warrant is like 67 years old. And you know what's even more miraculous? The woman for whom the arrest warrant is for, is still alive. Uh, yeah, She is probably the only person from that case still alive. She is 88-year-old Carolyn Bryant Dunham. And uh, she is no longer in Mississippi. Our understanding is she is now living somewhere in North Carolina in a nursing home, although she wasn't there the other day when protesters went to get her. They want her arrested. Uh, no matter what her age is. Whether she serves any time, that's not the issue. The issue for them is some type of justice. Mm. Of course, this case we all heard uh, growing up. It was something that is kind of almost in African-American DNA, the case of Emmett Till. And in fact, when you go to the African-American History Museum in Washington, D.C., it is a prominent, his casket, is a prominent display. And we remember the photos from Jet where his mother allowed his um, brutalized body to be seen. And and I'd like to jump back a little bit. In Jalen Walker's case, he also had an open casket where some of the wounds were uh, were seen, very much reminiscent of Emmett Till. Um, So the arrest warrant is out there, and in Mississippi, there is no statute of limitation, so it's still good. Um, they just need to locate her. There is reluctance, of course, according to activists, by the prosecutors to serve that warrant. And that's a fight that continues, and that's a fight they're not giving up. I shouldn't they?
3: And, and we should also mention, by the way, just a little side note: this is not just anybody who was killed. The Emmett Till case was believed to have been like the catalyst to the start of the civil, civil rights, rights movement. movement yeah yeah so i mean this one really has a lot of historical significance
2: moving on uh lebron james believes that black wnba star Brittany griner should question if she ever wants to return to the u.s um, i'm sure that's not precisely what he meant but uh mike let's start with you your thoughts on this
3: yeah, so uh, LeBron James, uh, there's been a lot of comparisons. Some said, well, would this have happened to LeBron James? Would he have been stuck in mm-hmm. Russia? Would the government have gotten him out? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the other side, well, he wouldn't need to go and play basketball in Russia because he he makes enough money here. But his point with this is that um, the way the government is handled getting her home right. uh, makes her think, should should potentially make her think, should she ever come back to this country? You know, the, the country has turned uh, its back on her. So he put it out there, um, I guess you could say uh, metaphorically, um, you know, saying maybe she should consider whether she even wants to come back to America. Uh, and Brittany Griner, in case you don't know, has been the she's WNBA star, been in Moscow since February, accused of smuggling drugs into the country. Uh, she says she's terrified that she may be held there in that country forever. And uh, she re- in her recent court appearance, the, mo- the last one, the one from last week, she um, admitted that she had the drugs, said it was a mistake, that she packed them, you know, um, by accident. She was rushing and so forth uh, in this country. She would have gotten the break. Uh, she wouldn't have even been charged um, for that. But, you know, in Russia. Uh, yeah, it's a different story. So anyway, LeBron's point was, you know, the the, the United States need to ha- needs to handle this differently. Bring her home, whether it's through a prisoner swap or something else. Mm-hmm. She needs to come home.
0: Well, this case is a Putin prize. I mean, he is relishing in this case. It's giving him the upper hand. It's giving him attention, and it's giving him the opportunity to demand the release of drugs, uh, arms smugglers, or um what whoever whatever criminals russian criminals that are being that's being held here in the united states so uh, unfortunately um britney griner is a pawn in an international uh game between superpowers and of course you know we are um helping ukraine which russia does not like so it all it all plays in and unfortunately in the center of it is an african-american woman who Needs to come home. Her family's here. Her wife has been very active. And um, I believe um, ex-governor, former Governor Richardson um, is on his way, uh, if he's not there already, to try to get her home.
3: Yeah, I'm not so, sure what bargaining power he has. I mean, he's not a, a government official, but, you know, they've used like Jesse Jackson in the past uh, and, and Richardson to negotiate deals. So perhaps
2: something is afoot, but we just have to wait and see how this, uh, you know, how it turns out. Sure, sure. And and you know, um, back to LeBron. I know that a lot of folks have compared uh, Brittany's situ- situation to uh, a hypothetical imprisonment of LeBron, and so I think that that's might may have been what sort of roped him into this conversation. Um, but I also know that he's kind of faced some backlash. And, you know, it's kind of the typical talking point. So if you hate this country, you should leave this country, that sort of stuff. And I don't believe that that's what LeBron was intending to say. I think that what he was trying to do is point out that this country is not as perfect as some folks tend to think, you know, folks uh, tend to espouse America beyond a shared reality. And so I think LeBron's point was to try to suggest that, you know, there are places that will assign a value to a Black woman's life higher than the United States of America. And I don't think that he's necessarily wrong there. And even if he is wrong, that doesn't mean that the US can't do better. And so I applaud LeBron for making that statement and bringing attention to it, you know, with his platform. And I do recognize that he, has to speak for a whole country to listen to him. And he's no matter what he says, he's going to upset some people and galvanize other folks. But um, to his point, uh, Brittany does need to come home and this country does need to stand by her. You know, she has been an ambassador of the United States around the world, and far be it from us to just forget her and her time of greatest need. So. Um, kudos to lebron for at least bringing some attention to it um, but that's it for us so thank you both very much for your insight once again our guests today are black information network news anchors vanessa tyler and mike stevens this has been a production of the black information network today's show was produced by chris thompson have some thoughts you'd like to share use the red microphone talkback feature on the iheart radio app while you're there be sure to hit subscribe and download all of our episodes i'm your host ramses ja on all social media Join us Monday as we share our news with our voice from our perspective right here on the Black Information Network daily podcast.
1: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through.
4: slash iHeart.